Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. I am your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support at the University of Kentucky. When natural disaster strikes, it not only impacts our own family, but often entire neighborhoods or communities. In the face of disaster, a disaster preparedness and response program presented by Family and Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky seeks to give families the resources they need to prepare for a natural disaster before it occurs and rebound in the aftermath. My guest today is Ann Hall Norris, Extension Specialist for Food Safety and Food Preservation. Welcome, Ann Hall. Hi, Mindy. Thanks for having me. We have been talking about natural disasters and keeping food and water safe after a natural disaster is so important because we do not want to get sick after all of the other things that have occurred. So we're going to talk about that today. If that power goes out and we have lots of food in our refrigerators or in our freezers, what do we do? Well, the most important thing is to not open the door. And I know that it's tempting. And I know that you minute that you hear the power is out, you need something out of the refrigerator. But try to keep that door closed because each time you open the door, you're letting that cold air out. Without power, that refrigerator is only going to keep temperature or hold temperature below 40 degrees for four hours. Okay. So try to not open the door for four hours. If the power has been off for longer than that, and you have a thermometer in there, you can open the door and check that temperature because at some point you'll want to move your perishable items into a cooler with ice packs or gel packs to keep them a little bit longer. Okay. If you don't get anything from this podcast at all, please get that you need to keep a thermometer in your refrigerator because you need to know when that temperature goes above 40, you know, and gets into that danger zone because your perishable items, your meats and your eggs, things like that, need to be kept 40 and below. And you can easily pick up a refrigerator thermometer that will adhere to the side of the refrigerator or hang on the shelf. Yes, all kinds right. of... it'll tell you the inside temperature just from looking at the outside of the door. And so yeah. those are readily available and not very expensive. Right. Yeah. And I love, I love having one just because I like to know what the temperature is because it does fluctuate. Yes, it? it does. So what about water safety and, and quality that's inside the refrigerator? How do we know if that's being maintained? Well, you don't want that any of the food that's inside the refrigerator, you don't want it to be above 40 degrees for more than four hours. So you don't really need to worry about the condiments, the things that you might have on the door, the ketchups, the barbecue sauces, you know, things like that. You want to get out any leftovers that you might have, eggs, uncooked meat or deli meats, get those, get those things out. If they have been over 40 degrees for more than four hours, you're going to want to toss them. You don't, you don't want to keep those, but if they haven't been out of that temperature for longer than four hours, you can move them to something cooler. Like if you have a cooler with ice packs or gel packs, you can still get a little bit more life out of them until the power comes back on. Okay. So our old adage, if in doubt, throw it out. 
still holds, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. And while we're talking about refrigerators, I want to bring up freezers. You probably won't need to open your freezer door. So keep that freezer shut. That freezer is going to stay colder longer than your refrigerator because it's zero and below. Um, and it'll stay for 48 hours. It'll stay for two days if it's full. If your freezer's just half full, it'll maintain zero and below for just one day. Okay. So that is a good reason to keep your freezer well stocked, right? <laughs> That's right. Because the, the fuller it is, the colder it's going to be. Now, if your power's been out for several days and you haven't opened your freezer and you, you do open it to, to check on things, if there are still ice crystals in any of the food, it's safe to refreeze. The quality of that product won't be as good, but it is still safe to freeze it again if there are still ice crystals present. And I know when we talked with um, Dr. Huff about insurance considerations, if you do lose the items in your refrigerator or your freezer, you need to document those for your insurance, just like you do your other items in your home, right? That's correct. And people don't think about that. But right, if you lost a TV or furniture, you can put that on your insurance. You can do the same thing with your freezer items and your refrigerator foods. What are some ways that we can prepare food without power? Because oftentimes, if we lose power for a long time, then we have to figure out ways to feed ourselves. What are some ways that we can ensure that our family is still fed without power? Well, if you have canned goods, if you have an emergency kit and you have canned goods in your emergency kit, you don't have to cook those. You don't have to heat them up before you eat them. So that is an option. But if you do have items, say you have some things in your refrigerator that you don't want to throw away, that you want to go ahead and prepare that day. If you have an, an indoor wooden fireplace, you can cook over that fire. You can also have a traditional campfire outside. You can cook over a, a grill outside, or you, if you have a camping stove, you can do that. All of those ways, if you can get outside, you can build a, um, a wood fire, a campfire, or even have your gas grill and use up some of those items that you won't have to throw away in your refrigerator or freezer. Oh, those are great tips. So you can use up that meat that might uh, otherwise go bad uh, if That's it correct. isn't refrigerated. And, and so you can have a, a great family feast, right? That's right. Eat all of the meat in one meal. <laughs> <laughs> Those are great tips. Anne Hall, is there anything else that we need to make sure that people consider? I just want to remind everyone to listen to the podcast on um, preparing before a disaster and what to put in your emergency kit and check out the rest of the uh, podcast related to the pubs. Okay, great. And as you mentioned, recovering from a natural disaster can be a long and stressful process. And there are many considerations that we have not discussed today. Anne Hall, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up? Yes, I would like to remind people that there are other resources, including the Cooperative Extension offices, uh, food pantries, and a lot of faith-based organizations will help after a natural disaster. And even though you might not qualify for SNAP benefits before a disaster, there are special disaster SNAP benefits that you can qualify for if there's been an emergency declared. And so contact your extension office for information about the disaster SNAP benefits. I think that's a great suggestion. Thank you, Ann Hall. 
To learn more about ways to recover when faced with disaster, download the Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Service publication series in the face of disaster, which covers many ways to prepare for an emergency and ways to recover if affected by one. Topics include finances, food, and water considerations, ways to protect your family and home, and how to care for your mental health after a traumatic event. Thank you, Ann Hall, for joining me today. I know that this information is going to be very valuable to our listeners if a disaster occurs. Thank you, Mindy. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Talking Facts, and we are available on all major podcast providers. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.